From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 High FM. You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the New Blue Review. Welcome to the show. Good to be with you on our latest uh, and greatest episode, I hope, uh, of the show. It's uh, really good to be with you. And uh, a great lineup ahead for the next hour, so do stay tuned. Later on, we're going to be speaking to a guy called Jeremy Nell, better known as Germ, to those who are in the uh, cartooning fraternity If you're interested in political cartoons We're going to be talking to Jeremy Nell uh, That should be very, very interesting And I'm looking forward to it But first up, I'm very happy to have in the studio Ben Draw Yamini He is a journalist for Ynet And he's out here visiting the Zionist Federation And the South African Friends of Israel uh, He's just done uh, a number of talks all around the country And uh, he is the author of a book called Industry of Lies And he particularly focused on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and what is going on with uh, how it's being reported and why it is that facts are no longer the key aspect to uh, how it is being uh, supported and reported. So we're going to be talking to him, a really, really interesting guy. Draw, uh, ben Draw, welcome to the studio. Thank you so much for being on uh, 101.9 Haifim and the New Blue Review. Thank you so much, Benji, for hosting me uh, here. It's a pleasure. Third time in South Africa, so uh, yeah, welcome. Times, yeah. It's a, you know, so it's now a pattern. So you're 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 welcome. <laughs> so so it's very interesting for me. Uh, you you decided to become a journalist. Uh, from what I understand, you've been a journalist your whole life, and journalists really they're interested uh, in getting at the truth. And yet you've wrote a book about uh, a, a whole. Uh, Industry of lies is, is that not a, a bit of a contradiction from where you're no, from? I mean, we have a problem with um, uh, journalism in general. Speaking about the West, speaking about uh, democratic countries, because um, um, you know what the def- definition of a journalist? The definition is that uh, a journalist is someone who knows uh, almost nothing about almost everything. <laughs> so, which is not nice. Which is really not nice. So, when I, uh, after being a lawyer. Uh, many years when I decided to uh, be a journalist, when I was asked to be editor and journalist, I decided to, uh, in a way, upgrade the whole uh, the whole occupation, uh, my daily uh, work um, as a journalist. So I began to do uh, a kind of research. So it's in between what I'm doing, my kind of work. It's in it's in between journalism and research because it's interesting you know since uh the era of let's call it fake news you know that yeah. we, we've had in the last few years you suddenly had a lot of these organizations which are basically fact-checking organizations uh places like snopes or uh, africa check yeah. here in south africa whose basic role is to look up the things that politicians and public figures are saying uh, and, and look to see if there's actually any basis for what they said. And in some ways, you're sort of like a one-man fact-checking organization because a lot of your work uh, is around literally looking up the factual basis of what people are saying and seeing if it's true, which it mostly does not seem yeah. to be. Yeah, I'm not dealing only with um, uh, the, me- the media. Mm-hmm. I'm dealing a lot with academia, with professors. And, right. uh, and unfortunately, I mean, it's, it's uh, the two main bodies of information manipulate and lie uh, 
to uh, students, to the audience, to the readership, unfortunately. And I can give you so many examples. I mean, it's all, of course, in my book, uh, Industry of Lies. Um, it, it's, it's quite sad, I would say. It's quite sad. I mean, it's not a new phenomenon. I know that because of Donald Trump, so many people speak about fake news and so on. But but it's not not a new phenomena. I'm for myself searching uh, the phenomena for 20 years now. But uh, you know, uh, uh, in uh, my search, I found out that actually uh, people speak about it uh, uh, even before. How the public opinion is manipulated. I'm concentrating on the Israeli-Arab conflict, but it doesn't mean that it does not exist in other fields. Now. The main point is that freedom of speech does not guarantee that we will be educated and knowledgeable citizens. And it's a problem. And, but it's much worse, it's much worse concerning the Middle East conflict, much worse, because you see a whole bunch of professors and journalists totally dedicated, totally obsessed against Israel. It's a phenomena that, that it's, uh, I have to admit, beyond my power. I'm just presenting the lies. I'm refuting the lies. That's what I'm doing as a researcher. As a researcher. I, I, I must admit that it has nothing to do with political views. I mean, it's not that you have to be a right-winger in order to expose the lies of the BDS. Not at all. Not at all. Nothing to do with it. I'm speaking about lies. Now, it's interesting you talk about the political affiliation and, and, and its role in this because it often is seen as a right left wing thing when, as you say, there are some basic factual things which people can get right or get wrong. And we, well, I'll talk about those a little bit later. But I'm interested in your personal story. I mean, you were in the peace camp. You are in the peace camp. Uh, you, you, you hung out with uh, Yasser Arafat in Tunisia at one stage. Uh, what got you into that sort of politics? Because of what I heard, I mean, I'm striving for peace. I'm a peace supporter. I'm looking for a solution. I do respect uh, the Palestinians and their, their right for self-determination. I'm not against them. And uh, the industry of lies is counterproductive for the Palestinians. People who are uh, uh, leading the BDS, for example... I mean, they are the enemies of the Palestinians because they perpetuate the problem. It doesn't help anybody. I mean, if you want to achieve peace and reconciliation, you don't like, you don't uh, uh, create Israel as a monster. And that's what they do. For them, Israel is a pariah state. For them, Israel has no right to exist. That's not how you achieve peace. That's not how you achieve uh, reconciliation. So whatever they they are doing, is against the Palestinians because Israel, after all, with all the BDS, Israel is thriving, is prof- uh, prospering. So, so what are you doing? You just, you, you just harm the Palestinians and that's what they are doing. They delude themselves that they are speaking on behalf of the Palestinians. No, you are not. And I'm telling to all those, those of the listeners that maybe support the BDS, you are the enemies of the Palestinians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Instead of to tell them, look, enough, enough, you cannot perpetuate this victimhood, they tell them, keep on, keep on, keep on with this fantasy about right of return, with this fantasy that Israel is a monster. No, Israel is not a monster. 
No, you will never receive the right of return because nobody did. Because so many millions became refugees and nobody received the right of return. Because in that time it was not a crime. As you again and again a, a, a claim against Israel. No, in that time it was the norm. And and but but people are manipulated because they don't know. And what I do in my limited power as a researcher is just to expose it. And yes, I'm supporting peace. I'm pro-Palestinian. I'm pro-Israeli. I want peace. I want reconciliation. I want my neighbors to live in the best life that they can achieve. Not uh, by, by uh, industry of death. Not by industry of rockets. Not by industry of hatred. But unfortunately, they don't do it, and they force us to defend ourselves. And we do, and we do it much better than them. Let's admit it. And Israel is prospering. I want them to prosper too. I don't want them uh, to suffer. So there is not any contra- a, a contradiction between my fight against the BDS and my fight in order to achieve uh, peace. Now, I'm interested. It was meeting with. Uh, the PLO when you did meet yeah. with them, did, did, did that help you uh, understand them better? Did it did it contribute to your views on where they actually sat as as potential partners, as as people who were leaders of, of the Palestinian people? First of all, I'm always in favor of uh, negotiating, of uh, of uh, having conversations in order to understand, in order to know. I mean, it's not only an enemy. We are speaking about human beings, even if we disagree. And unfortunately, it became worse. It became worse. I mean, uh, after the Oslo records, it's uh, records. It became worse. It became worse because I do remember uh, the first uh, speech of um, Yasser Arafat after I met him. After I met him already two times. When, when was that? I met I met him before Oslo, and I met him in uh, immediately after uh, when he came back. Uh, uh, to the territories, to Gaza, and uh, I was in his office. And um, in 94, 1994, here in Johannesburg, here in Johannesburg, he gave a speech saying that uh, actually uh, I don't mean peace. What I mean is uh, like the accord that, uh, uh, that the Prophet uh, Muhammad achieved with his rivals. Which mean a kind of decem- deception. It's called Chudaybiyya. Uh, agreement, which a was sort of a ceasefire type. Uh, no, uh, uh, yeah, ceasefire, but but the meaning is deception. Right. So if you are coming to deceive us and you don't mean peace, there will never be peace, because I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to be manipulated. I'm a human being. I'm looking for peace, not for deception. I mean, we respect your right for self determination. I don't want you to disrespect my right for self-determination. Very, very, very interesting. Now, I also want to ask you about when did you start realizing that sort of your role as researcher, journalist, uh, that there was this issue in the media? Uh, as you say, it has been for a long time, yeah. but I definitely think that there's been an accentuation. So when did you realize that this was really starting to become a problem in the media and and what do you think some of the underlying causes are for yeah. that it that it actually okay. you know occurs i I'm, I'm, i will uh, really answer the first part of your question i'm not sure that i will answer the second part and i will explain why uh the first part i mean i began i mean first of all there was the durban conference i mean it was a kind of uh, red light warning 
German conference. That's also the racism conference. Yeah, uh, UN uh, conference against racism that uh, actually turned to be to a festival of hatred against Israel. But but uh, some months after the conference, I read an article, uh, uh, and I'm quoting from, from the article, um, gas chambers are not the only way to destroy a nation. It's enough to develop high rates of infant mortality. It was an article that uh, uh, explained what Israel is doing to the Palestinians, which means the Israelis are Nazis, which means that they are actually uh, uh, destroying the Palestinian people, but in a very sophisticated way. And it was written, the author was an Israeli, a Jew, uh, who is uh, writing regularly for uh, Haaretz, and uh, is teaching in uh, Tel Aviv University. And uh, I was amazed, and I began to check the facts. And what I found out, what I found out, that uh, actually infant mortality among Palestinians decreased dramatically, just the opposite of what he wrote, which means that what he wrote was a blood libel. So you ask yourself, why a scholar, a journalist, an academic, why did he publish an article that is a blood libel against Israel? Why? I did not have an answer, but I kept on searching, and I found more and more and more and more that kind of articles. I'm speaking about blatant lies, and it's frightening. When you don't know, you just read the articles, and you think, ah, oh, it's okay. I mean, and mainly, mainly, if the author is a Jew and Israeli, so why should he lie against Israel? I mean, it's so reliable, so re extremely reliable, but it's not. We are speaking about lies. And, and it's going on and on and on in the academia, in the media, the two main bodies of information that produce so many lies about the conflict. You do not achieve peace. You do not promote peace. You do not promote reconciliation by lying to so many people, by misinformation, by disinformation, by, by ill information. You don't. And, and as a peace supporter, I'm saying enough with the lies because it is counterproductive to peace. So what are you doing? What the hell are you doing? Yes, I know it's part of the, the, the kind of uh, uh, herd mentality and, and being part of uh, uh, this, uh, this uh, school of thought, post-colonial school of thought, uh, and, and so on and so on. They want to belong to that group and they don't want to say the realities about the conflict. You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the New Blue Review. Chatting today to Ben Droyamini. He is a journalist from Ynet News and, and, and author rather of Industries of Lies. Industry of Lies. We're going to be taking a short break. When we come back, we'll be chatting again to Ben Dror. From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business, this is 101.9 Chai FM. You're back with 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the New Blue Review. And we're talking today to Ben Droyamini. He is an author at Ynet, and uh, as well as uh, wrote, well, wrote a book. I have just... Yes? Ynet News is uh, the English the version English. of my newspaper, which is Yediot. <laughs> 
הורו ידיעות אחרונות, but it's only the website in English. That's the one that us English speakers will see, right? I know we use Ynet a lot at the station, I know, so that's why I guess another brand. So you write a lot in Hebrew? Uh, yeah. When you yeah yeah it's uh, I, I write books in, uh, I mean uh, my but my articles are translated to English in, uh, for the Ynet News. Yes. Ah, okay, so so you you you're a Hebrew writer. I'm a mainly. Hebrew writer. No, I, I write also in English, but generally speaking, I don't. I mean, it's uh, I mean it, it's the job of the editors, translators. I mean, it's not me. <laughs> Now let me ask you a question. I mean. Uh, you, you'll particularly find this in South Africa, but sometimes also uh, I suspect among some of the the, the professors who are uh, or, or writers that that you're coming up against uh, when you when you're finding out these lies I say look you know uh, why shouldn't we just all live together you know the Israelis and the Palestinians it's a small area uh, we could just have one state everyone can live there free and equally. Uh, and and it'll be fine yeah why why, yeah, why can't we do it's that quite, it's quite fun in somalia it's quite fun in in, in libya it's quite fun in syria it's quite fun in iraq it's not working it's not working i mean it was not fun even not in europe uh, look at yugoslavia in the 90s uh, look at uh, czechoslovakia that um, had their own partition why because people are looking for for the right Uh, of self-determination that's why and people have the right so I respect the right of the Palestinians to have their own state I don't want anybody to deny my right it's not working multi-ethnic societies are not working I mean not whatever is good for uh, the United States or Canada is good for other states Israel just like most states in Europe is a nation state the moment that Israel will not be a nation state will not be a Jewish and democratic state. It will not exist anymore because what will happen is a huge wave of bloodshed, just like in Libya. Look, it's a tribal society. It's not really uh, one people. It's not a nation. Look what's happening in Somalia, the same. Look, look what's happening in Syria. I mean, they cannot live together, together Alawiyats and Druz and Muslims. They cannot And, so and yet, now, in some way, Israel way. does does actually do that. It is, in sort of some ways, a multi-ethnic yeah. society. Why? You know what? Because you have a, a Jewish majority. That's why that uh, uh, enables democratic p- principles, freedom of speech, and so on. The moment that it will not be a Jewish state, it will not be a democracy, a, a democratic state. People don't understand it many times. Oh, let's have a kind of multi-ethnic. Uh, 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 no, it's not working. And and. Do you want one state? Okay, let's go for it. You know, one state between the two sides of the Jordan. Why? Because we are speaking about Palestinians and Palestinians from both sides. I mean, what is the difference between Jordanians and Palestinians? Zero. Same people, same families, same language, same culture, same food. Everything is the same. Everything. So, I mean, why do you want the Palestinians to be... One state with Israel and not with the Jordanians. Can anybody explain me? And, I'm, you know, I have a lot of debates. I mean, and I'm asking them, how comes that you want so much that Palestinians will be in one state with Israel? Why not with their brothers? Mm-hmm. Same language. Same everything. Same families. Why do you want to push them to Israel? I mean, because it will be a disaster. With Jordan, they can have one state. Why, well, do, why a, a, do they need two states? A large number of Jordanians 
the, the citizens yeah, of Palestinian 60, anyway. percent are, are defined anyway Palestinians. I mean, it's part of the big Palestine. The, I mean, what, what uh, the League of Nations declared as uh, the, the Palestinian uh, mandate. So, what are you talking about? Now, you've written a lot about... Uh, Jews in, in Arab countries and yeah. how they were thrown out, the Fahud. Yeah. Uh, your family is is of Yemenite origin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you think that that's a story that's that's starting it to be is, told? Yeah, it is connected to uh, the Palestinian claim about the Nakba. Mm-hmm. Oh, we were forced out and so many professors here in South Africa and, and the United States and other places say, oh, Israel committed a crime at 48. They forced out Palestinians. It's a lie. It's a lie. Why it is a lie? Not because people were not forced out. Yes, people were forced out. But in that time, when you check history, you know that it was the norm. It was a standard. So dozens of millions were forced out of their homelands in order to establish nation states because of the principle of self-determination. But what they do, they manipulate they single out Israel and they say Israel committed the crime. I mean, excuse me? Excuse me? It happened in everywhere in Europe in that time. Uh, between uh, 12 to 14 million of uh, 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 Germans were forced out from all the neighboring countries to uh, Germany. Poland and Ukraine, the same. Uh, uh, even if you go to Asia, you find out uh, uh, Pakistan and India population exchange of so many millions. I mean, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? People have no idea what they're talking about. Now, in that time, it was the norm. It was declared by the most respected people. Churchill, transfer must be carried out in order to solve the problems. The uh, most important international court, the, the international court, uh, the permanent court for justice, declared upon that this is the best way to solve problems. Now what you do, you don't let your students know about the background. You zoom in only to uh, the story of the Israeli-Arab conflict and you say Israel committed the crime. It's The crime is the manipulation. This is the main crime. It's an academic crime and totally forgotten that more Jews were forced out from Arab countries because of the same conflict. The Jewish Nakba. Remember the name, the Jewish Nakba. Totally forgotten. Totally forgotten. All their property was confiscated. They did not declare war on the Arab countries, but yet they were forced out. Why? Why? Nobody is talking about them. Why nobody is talking about the Jewish Nakba? I'll tell you why. Because they came to Israel. Yes, they suffered for some years, but they are not refugees anymore. The only community that is perpetuated as refugees is the Palestinian community. And, and, and people don't really understand that this has to do with how the international system is set yeah, up. Yeah, because uh, the UN established two agencies to take care of the uh, uh, refugees. One is uh, UNRWA, which is dedicated only for the Palestinians, and one is the UN Commission, uh, UNHCR, which is taking uh, uh, care for all the other refugees. Why do you need two agencies? Why not same uh, uh, definition for a refugee, same treatment to the refugees? Why? Actually, you know what? It's not only two agencies. It's three. 
agencies because the third one nobody knows about it it's UNCRA you never heard about UNCRA because totally forgotten you know UNCRA is just the same like UNRA but only to the refugees of Korea the Korea war it worked something like uh, uh, 6-7 years it's finished no refugees anymore nobody knows about UNCRA why? because the problem was solved not this is exactly not what happened with the Palestinians instead of to solve the problem UNRWA is perpetuating the problem and deluding the Palestinians that they have the right of return no you don't have the right of return just like that so many other millions don't have the right of return now just briefly before uh, we're nearly coming up to the end of the show um you, when you write in your columns, uh, you, you have quite a, a strident anti-Trump voice, anti uh, or critical of 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 Bibi. What, what do you make of the sort of alliance that we suddenly have uh, between between Trump and and Bibi? Does it concern you that it might affect Israel in the long term? Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, it, uh, I'm bothered. I'm bothered because I don't think that we uh, uh, that we Israel uh, should put all. Uh, what we have in one basket, all the eggs uh, in one basket. Yeah, I think that uh, we might lose the Democratic Party. I don't want to lose anybody. Um, and and yes, of course. I mean, I'm and uh, generally speaking, uh, as uh, someone who is uh, striving for peace and reconciliation, I don't accept any policy of this government. Mainly speaking about the settlements, and I'm making I'm making a distinction between the legitimate criticism in Israel, uh, uh, on Israel and the demonization. I mean, Israel is the most self-criticized country in the world. I mean, we do it. We don't need anybody. We don't need the BDS. We do it ourselves. What I'm against is not criticism. It's not uh, that people uh, are opposing Netanyahu or Trump. Fair enough. It's a democracy in the United States, in Israel. I'm many times against my own government. I'm against the lies. And what in my book is against lies, not against peace. And what, what do you say to the right-wingers that say, oh, well, if we give the Palestinians the West Bank, we're just going to have another Gaza? Uh, you know, that, that, that's the argument against the peace camp. Yeah. Well, first of all, they're completely right. Yeah. I mean, not everything that the right-wingers are saying is... Uh, uh, I mean, I'm not a left-winger, I'm not a right-winger, so I'm allowed to jump uh, <laughs> from one to the other. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because some arguments of the right-wingers are correct. Some uh, uh, argument, arguments of the left-wingers are correct. I mean, you don't have to stick. You don't have to uh, uh, be dogmatic in, in uh, your way of thinking. Yes, they are completely uh, uh, right. That's why I don't really foresee the two-state solutions uh, uh, being realized on, on the ground. Unfortunately, I want separation. I'm not sure that it's going to end with a Palestinian state. They could have a state again and again. We cannot forget it. When the right-winger said, okay, we offered them, they refused. Yes, it happened. I mean, you cannot ignore this kind of argument. It was offered uh, in, in forty-seven. The partition resolution it was offered by uh, 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 Barak in 2000. It was offered again by Bill Clinton. It was offered again by uh, Olmert in, 2000, in 2008. It was offered again by uh, John Kerry and uh, Barack Obama in 2014. They always, but always, said no. 
And to remind you, they bet- between 49 and 67, there was not any occupation, not any Israeli control. Why they did not have a state? Can you explain me? <laughs> Why they did not have a state? And, uh, I, you know, <laughs> I had a debate with a Palestinian colleague and I asked him, can you tell me when... Uh, Uh, Jerusalem was the capital of the Palestinian state. Oh, then he told me, it's a very tricky uh, question because there was never a Palestinian uh, state. I said, thank you, that's what I wanted to hear. Yes, people don't understand there was never a Palestinian state. It's not that I do not respect their right now. But Jerusalem was never a capital, not a Palestinian state, because there was never a Palestinian state. Jerusalem was not the capital of any other Muslim uh, entity empire, caliphate, state, never. Now, when it is controlled by the Jews, by Israel, then they are, they, oh, Jerusalem is <coughs> the, the top of our dreams. Why it was not the top of your dreams between 49 and 67? Why it was never a capital? They don't have an answer, because it's all political. And it's all uh, industry of lies. Benjamin Muni, thank you so much for being on the new Blue Review. People want to get your book, find it on Amazon? Yeah, Amazon. Um, not in the stores, only in Amazon. It's called Industry of Lies. It can be by Kindle, it can be hard copy. And, and Get yourself educated and get yourself a, a copy of the book. Uh, and you can also check out Ben's columns uh, in, in, in English on Ynet and in Hebrew. Ynet News. Ynet News. Not, not Ynet. Ynet News. Com. .com. And, and in Hebrew at... In my Facebook, uh, for the Hebrew, I always put a link to my articles in uh, in my uh, Facebook page. Well, there you go, Ben. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on the show, and uh, good luck with the rest of your research. Thank you so much. We'll be back just after the break.